Hey, everyone. We want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt. You may know Roosevelt as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They, of course, have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but t-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. Hello there, and welcome to Think the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm Adam Russell. I am still a part of this brand, and I'm Ryan Key. So back, baby! Hey, I'm Nick Gambarian. Hi, Nick. Hey, it's Mike Forster. Hey, what's up, dudes? Ryan, you're back! You're back. I've kept the seat warm for you. You're back. You have your, you have your own seat to keep warm, bro. I had to make a new seat. Somehow, Ryan Key returned. <laughs> <laughs> Only 21 minutes late. We don't know. Well, yeah. as you can see, since we are live on the YouTubes, uh, I don't have a place to work or a studio or anything anymore because I'm building a new one. And I'll try to make this a long story as short as I can. The desktop in my studio is so big. It's nine feet wide by three and a half feet deep. So to get it into the new room, we had to have like a six-man team put it in through the window <laughs> opening before they installed the window because it won't make it up the stairs. and like. And turn to get it out. If we ever move, I'm going to have to take the window out or cut it in half. I, or I don't know what just I'm going to do. Blow the house up. So or just blow the house up. Yeah, yeah. just throw a thermal <laughs> detonator up there. That, that sounds like a floor. But thing. I so anyways, the, I had to get the the desktop up there. So that forced me to take the whole rig apart way sooner than I normally would have. So that's why you see this lovely space I'm in. It's our construction overflow, and just everything is exploded. It's fine. I can't even see that. But I was there. 20 minutes late because I also, all of my stuff was, was packed. I thought I was just going to like open my laptop and throw my webcam up. But look, see this broken shipping. Oh, so yeah. this won't stay on the back of my computer. Oh. <laughs> so I can't. So I had to find a stand that had the right screw thread for the Elgato, for my face cam. And it would, yeah, uh, but I'm here. Hey, that reminds me of the Uber ride that I took home after having an incredibly uncomfortable flight home on two hours of sleep from the tour. And I'm just like barely staying awake, broken foot, just like wanting to get back to my house. And the Uber driver is nine minutes from my house on, there's like two turns left and his phone goes, falls off because his, <laughs> his mount just broke. Shit hit the ground. It was under his seat. He had to pull over, dig it out, try to put it back on five minutes on the side of the road, just going, <laughs> just waiting to get home. So I was just yeah. waiting to get back to you guys, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's all you wanted. Oh, and here oh. we are. So, so here I shall sit for the next several weeks on Thank the Maker in my living in my dining room. It's good. Uh, it's B- BTS. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's nice and echoey for at, for the actual podcast. This is great. It's great. It's my favorite. It's the best. Um, I like it. It's the best. You know what? Since you're at the table, you're having wine. You might as well just weekly have dinner, just <laughs> you know, with the fam. 
on you know, this podcast? Just, just yeah, just do the meal, babe. <laughs> Adam says babe, we should meatloaf. have dinner at the table during podcasting live on YouTube together. What do you think? Show us the dog. <laughs> no response. Just no I response. Star Wars. No. No response. <laughs> We're not invited to the party. silent That's treatment. Nice. Can I tell you though, wife of the year award for yesterday? She knew how pumped I was for this show, and I was cramming to finish Rebels. I watched a lot of it on 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 tour, but it's you know twenty two episode seasons, Not and I couldn't thing. watch. Uh, well, it's my own fault because I was trying to like game and stream and stuff during the day when I could have been watching that full time. So I watched most of it at night when I would get in my bunk on the bus, and I'd watch like two or three and and, and you know fall asleep. Uh, but anyways, I, I had a decent amount to get through when I got home. When did we get home, Adam? On it's a blur. A few days ago, like Friday, yeah. Saturday, something like that. I'm, something like that. Yeah, I, I don't remember. But I had, I had over the weekend. I had sure. a lot to get through before last night, especially when they changed it. I mean, I remember I texted you guys like, "Oh, this is not good for my plan mm-hmm. uh, to have to finish by Tuesday at at nine. But anyways, uh, wife of the year. She was just like, "I get it. Enjoy your time." We went to the beach during the day early to like so we could have some hang time, and then she was like, she just set me free. She just mm-hmm. let me. She took all my pictures for Instagram with my sabers. Just got a super supportive. Babe, super got a supportive, man. Um, and Great then job. I finished season four of Rebels. Took like a 10-minute break to to do it for the gram sure. photos. Yep. And then started Ahsoka right after the end of Rebels. It was I bet you're the only person on Earth who did that. Like literally watched the season finale of Rebels for the first 10 minutes time. Before. I'm yeah. sure people watched it on like like oh, I they'd already it seen it the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for my third time, and, and I'm sure people watched it right before they started Ahsoka. Like mm-hmm. like you watch Rogue One going into A New Hope. But yeah, I might be in a very small percentage of fans that <laughs> yep. watched Rebels for their first time right before Ahsoka started. Binging the whole thing. So yeah. basically, I I was I was on the couch first six hours yesterday <laughs> getting ready and then I'm watching jealous. Ahsoka included. It, it was it was a, a whole ass Star Wars vibe yesterday. <laughs> well, if you viewer or listener want to hear Ryan's take, like his oh, the, just the, the verbal diarrhea of, of emotions about Rebels, we're going to do that as a Patreon only thing after this. Yeah. Um, if you can't watch it live, we'll, we'll put it up you as got, a video. You got it. some of it last night in my like wine-soaked THC-fueled immediate <laughs> just euphoria yeah i, I was watched crying, it back dude, and I, I watched it back and i was like i thought i was gonna sound a lot more inebriated than i was but i was definitely vibing you could tell i was vibing for sure it was nice it was, it was good vibing. it was really good well in like a 30 second like I, I don't think there's gonna be too many people who are watching a star wars podcast uh that probably haven't been caught up on on rebels but i posted to my own personal instagram and i'm like how many people watched this show that didn't know anything out of animation and I had a couple of people be like, what should I watch before it? And I'm like, oh boy. Uh, well, yeah. well. Um, so Ryan, what would you say as someone who just did it? And obviously a lot of people aren't going to binge it, but like, what do you think that you were missing contextually? Like in terms of saying like, what, what is your elevator pitch for getting people to watch Rebels? Because you were fairly, mm. you were fairly, I don't want to say resistant, but you just had not prioritized it. So now what is your Correct. elevator pitch to uh, watch well, Rebels? Well, I think if I'm pitching it attached to Ahsoka specifically, like if that's the reason for the pitch, I saw, let's say I wasn't a part of the podcast and I didn't have you guys, you know, urging me to watch it. And I saw the trailer for Ahsoka and 
being in the know in the way that I am knew that those were all characters from Rebels. Like I know who Sabine is. I, I know sure, who yeah. Hera is. I just didn't watch the show. So I saw them in the trailer and was convinced that I, I had to watch the animated series because if, I, if I'm going to be invested in the story that they're trying to tell around Ahsoka, that story is clearly connected to Rebels, undeniably connected to Rebels. So I think they actually did a pretty good job of the exposition you might need to still enjoy watching it mm -hmm. uh, through those first two episodes. But my level of investment in these characters cannot be overstated. Yeah, I'm going to go on record now and say that Rebels is in another galaxy <laughs> from Clone Wars for me. Agreed. Oh, wow. I'm, I, I'm fully there, too. I was, dude, I, I was like blown away, just like moved to my core time and time again. So, Hey, if, if, if you're not convinced, viewer, listener, by that, I'll give you the one sentence. This is the pitch I would give. The Ahsoka series is Rebels Season 5. Yes, no doubt. So yeah. if you want to jump into a series at Season 5, be my guest. <laughs> but you are you will be better served by starting from the beginning. Yeah, I was talking to... And uh, it's not that many episodes. Friend of all of ours, uh, Brooke McDonald, and she saw the uh, premiere the same way I did last Thursday. And uh, I spoke to her and she was like, what number percent would you put on, like, how much you would need to have seen Rebels to understand the impact of Ahsoka? Because I think that that's really what you're missing if you just watch an essential episodes list and you don't spend time with, like, the every single episode, you know? Like, you miss the impact. You, you're probably going to be smart enough to know what's going on, but you're just going to miss the, the impact of it all emotionally. And she was going right. as high as, like, 75% of things in the Ahsoka premiere that would be, like... <laughs> kind of over your head and oh and I don't know it's it's a lot it's a lot it. for sure you know how there there were there was this definitive episode list for clone wars mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because what you really need from clone wars is Ahsoka and Anakin yeah and, and Obi-Wan but but really the, the two of them so there's this list that cuts it down to what was it 40 something episodes mm -hmm. instead of 100 right. and something that list does not exist for rebels yeah. now that I've watched it can say with confidence mm -hmm. there there's no we we use the term frequently on this show, Monster of the Week. There wasn't one Monster of Month. In my opinion, there wasn't one Monster of the Week episode in Rebels. Yeah, you can maybe lose four episodes out of the whole thing. The thing about Rebels, and we talked about this a little bit last night on the Instagram live we did, um, it, it they have 24 minutes, so it's very fast-paced. And the one thing, if I have to critique anything about the show, the one thing that I got a little exhausted of was the catch and release because mm -hmm. it happens so fast every episode. The, and, and that's the nature of the Empire versus the Rebels, right? I get it. Like, you, there's prisoners and prisoners escaping and, and then winning the day, right? But it was so, it happened so many times. And, mm -hmm. and the, for the most part, there, there were uh, part one, part two episodes throughout the series. But for the most part, they were standalone and were resolved by the end of the episode, for the most part, right? Out of a 22-episode yeah. se season 18 or 19 of them were a new idea that was resolved by the end of it. And it was usually, we have to go save this person from this thing. And it happened. It was just like, boom. And, but I, I understand, like you mentioned last night, they had to run with that pacing because of the time 
that they were given. I mean, and dude, that's why the last episode being 40 minutes long, it was just like, it was such a payoff to, to live in that episode for that long at, at the end, especially after World Between Worlds. Dude, what a show, man. We're here to talk about Ahsoka, though. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, 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 got, you got to stop so you can give uh, the patrons a little something extra. That's okay. that's a man who's just powered through rebels. So if that's if this isn't <laughs> selling it enough, you gotta. And also a man who was just found out in this instant that he's supposed to save some for the patrons. So. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Well, that's enough. of That let's. There's plenty more. There's plenty. There's more. plenty. Plenty more where that came yeah. from. Let's let's just do. We, we could talk forever about like we we just, we have to get down to business. So let's do stolen plans. What have you done with those plans? Guess what we get to do on Stolen Plans that we haven't done in a long time. Opening crawl. Yes, in red. Ryan Key, put on your theater voice. Let's do it. You ready? Yep. The evil galactic empire has fallen and a new republic has risen to take its place. However, sinister agents are already at work to undermine the fragile peace. A plot is underway to find the lost Imperial Grand Admiral Thrawn and bring him out of exile. Once presumed dead, rumors are spreading of Thrawn's return, which would galvanize the Imperial remnants and start another war. Former Jedi Knight Ahsoka Tano captured one of Thrawn's allies and learned of a secret map, which is vital to the enemy's plan. Ahsoka now searches for the map as her prisoner, Morgan Elspeth, is transported to the New Republic for trial. It's a good one, and it's in red, so it gets extra points. And no one was expecting it. So this, of course, debuted yesterday at the time of this recording, August 22nd, 2023 on Disney+. Plus. Written by Dave Filoni. As far as we know, the entire thing written by Dave Filoni, right? Uh, we assume there's probably got to be like a co-writer at some point, but these first two were... He's only directing one in five, I read. So part one, Master and Apprentice, directed by Dave Filoni, just like Ryan just said. A valuable prisoner escapes New Republic custody. A search for answers reunites two old friends. Part two, Toil and Trouble, more on that later. Directed by Steph Green, who uh, did some on the Watchmen series, or all of it, not sure. Uh, worked on the Book of Boba Fett as well, Man in the High Castle, Luke Cage, and The Americans. Did anyone watch The Americans? Americans is fantastic. I've watched it twice all the way so through. So good. <laughs> it's insane. So good. One uh, of my favorite shows of all time. Mm -hmm. I started to, tried, was a little thrown off by the set design. It didn't quite look period accurate to me, and my OCD went crazy. I fell off. Well, Sorry. shows get more money when they get bigger, and then they can be better at that stuff. You should try again. I'll try again. After that, I was ready um, to be a KGB agent. Dude, <laughs> what, a, what a program. Ugh. This one uh, is described on Disney Plus as Ahsoka and General, and General Harrison Dula travel to the New Republic to New Republic shipyards and make an unexpected discovery. Discovery is capitalized. Did they watch uh, Wicked Tuna or something? <laughs> nice. Starring, of course, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano, Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Harrison Dula. Uh, fun fact, wife of um, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. Uh, Natasha Liu Bordizo, Bordizo uh, Sabine Wren. She was in a few episodes of a show called Society, The Society on Netflix. She was in The Greatest Showman. She was also in, it looked like her first role ever, yeah. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah, she must have been young, huh? The Sword, uh, Sword of Destiny was a Netflix sequel. Um, and for those who are bummed, I was a little bummed at first that Tia Sarkar didn't get the part. Tia Sarkar being the voice of, of Sabine in, in Rebels. Dude, she crushed. Nat Natasha has a black belt in Taekwondo. She crushed. 
and she crushes. She's like yeah, really nailing it. it. All about Sabine. Yep. So impressed with how she's portraying what has already come before in the, in, uh, the animated Sabine character. I'm in it. Yep. Ray Stevenson as Balin Skull. Uh, rest in peace. He was uh, uh, what's what's the name? There's a typo of. Um, he was in the Thor films. Forgot the name of the character. Starts with a V. What? It typoed. It, it autocorrected to Voltage. That's not his <laughs> name. Uh, he was in uh, the 2011 remake of The Three Musketeers, and he is best known to Star Wars fans, Star Wars animation fans, as the voice of Gar Saxon. I think it was the Punisher at one he point, too. He was Punisher. Oh, yeah. there you yeah. go. Died in May at... Man, 58. I'm already. I, I I hadn't seen too much of him. Unfamiliar with him, and Dude. I he might have been my favorite. You know, like my biggest new character takeaway. Like I'm I'm so impressed, and then conversely, so bummed that he has passed on in real life. He's, yeah. he's his, so good in this so far. One of his best roles ever, uh, Rome on HBO. Oh yeah, yeah. Fantastic. He plays uh, Titus something, but he's one. He's one. He's a very like integral part. He's a lead on that show. Yeah. Um, three seasons, Rome. Two or three seasons. The camera's short. It's a short thing, and I don't know if it ended early or whatever. But either way, he dude. When when they announced him for this, I know he's done all that other stuff, but I don't know. That show really struck a chord with me when it came out twenty years ago or something. You know, twenty five or fifteen years ago, something like that. And um. Yeah, I was immediately like, oh, dude, this is going to be insane. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. He's such a legend. It's not quite like Skarsgård and Andor level, but he looks like an amazing actor. Like I'm – he pulls me in whenever he's speaking. The part, the part that makes me sad is like you could see for actors, especially for like voice actors, right? I think there, there probably is like, you know, especially like Ashley kind of broke out of that. Like she was – became this character, you know, and like Vanessa Marshall and a couple other people like weren't – you, you, you might see them at Celebration, but you might not, right? So, like, Ray Stevenson obviously isn't known for being a voice actor, so it made sense that he wasn't really involved in, like, the Star Wars side of coming to Celebration as Gar Saxon's voice, right? But, like, when you saw him at Celebration this year, you could see how overwhelmed he was by how excited people get about someone joining the Star Wars family. Mm -hmm. And my mm -hmm. heart breaks for his family that that he's gone and that of course that he wasn't able to, to see what that excitement mm -hmm. this fandom has for that because that guy could have retired tomorrow and just showed up to conventions and had star Wars people <laughs> pay for the rest of his life. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's, yeah. um, I have a feeling his performance is going to bring that out. So it's a, it's a tragedy for sure. Yeah. By the end of this is his, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he is going to go, get on a level. I mean, the dude is, He's a very talented performer. Yeah. So we're going to see some some intense performance from him. The name of the character in the Thor films is, um, it was right here in Discord. Oh, come on. Volstag yeah. or Volstag. Well, uh, look at you in the, <laughs> quoting the MCU. <laughs> the pajama, the, the pajama uh patron in, in Discord. Thank you. Um, let's see. Ivana Sakno. I'm going to go with that is Shinhadi. Uh, she played Kat Monroe in High Fidelity series on Hulu. She might as well be Not an Olsen, right? She looks like either of yeah, the like Olsen a twins. <laughs> a super Scandinavian Olsen. Yeah. <laughs> One of the Olsen twins mixed with, uh, what's her name from um, Die Antwoord? 
Anybody? Okay. What's her name? Crazy or, or yeah, I don't know what. Yeah. Ninja. Um, yeah, those people are. Yeah. Um, endorsing that. Diana Lee Inosanto returning, reprising a role as Morgan Elsbeth. Um, we talked a bunch about her when she first appeared in The Mandalorian, so go back and listen to that episode. David, T- David Tennant as, uh, as Hu Yang, the, the voice. He also voiced him in Clone Wars, but he's best known as the Doctor for more than six seasons of Doctor Who and returned a bunch in the seasons when he wasn't the main Doctor. So he's, he's a big deal on that series for anyone who's into Doctor Who. You got to love a droid in like a good leather kilt <laughs> vibe. You know, <laughs> it's whatever Droid needs. Droid, droids that put clothes on, basically. I mean, it's just it's really special. Yeah, they don't want to expose their private parts. Yeah, it could mean only one thing. My circuit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever uh, see that C-3PO uh, tops card? Yeah, right. Where he's Golden like, rod. Yeah. <laughs> Believe me, it works. <laughs> Clancy Brown um, reprising his role as governor, well, in this case, governor, Ryder Azadi. Amazing. Coming back from... Um, from the animated series. He was the voice. And I don't know if they designed the character with his face in mind with the intention that one day he would be in live action. I gotta assume so. Or they were just like inspired by it. They were like, yes, you are the character. Iconic face. We're gonna do that. Right. He's been in everything too, you know? Yeah. He's been in every Star Wars. (laughs) Have we we put a list together? his third role. Have we put a list together of how many people have played two two people? He's played three. Live action? Two um, not live action. No, though. that's what I'm saying. Like live act like how many no. like he's probably the most decorated multi person. Well he's done two in live action. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Off the top of my yeah, head. Yeah, he was Berg and then he's also he's writer Zadi now. So are there any yeah. other actors that have done both? I mean if you if you count like um uh like no, I don't know. Uh, technically Jeremy Bullock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? And then um He was two people. Uh sorry oh come on, Brain. Jesus, Jar Jar, come yeah. on. I'm at I'm best. best. Yep. I'm at best, yeah. So, all right, so three people. This is not unfamiliar to Star Wars for people yeah. who are very talented. It's not a ton. Multiple characters. Okay, I like it. And then a few smaller ones. This is obviously going to be a bigger role later, but uh, Iman Isfandi, I think is the way you say mm-hmm. his last name. He's Ezra, Ezra Bridger, only the hologram right now. Hopefully we'll see lots of Ezra. Of Ezra. Remember how they just and then, did that? Just Right. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get into that, but just... How they, right just away. Nailed, how they just nailed him? Right yeah. away. There you go. There's there you uh, go. Right away. Ezra Bridger, as you know him, he's right there. I wonder if he's going to show up in the show. Oh, there you go. Okay, first, first <laughs> 10 minutes. Great. Vinny Thomas as Senator Jai Kel. Um, he, I just saw him recently as Omar in Platonic. Yeah. Anyone watch Platonic mm-hmm. on Apple TV Plus? I Laura saw him like, it. he she had some it. big, uh, like viral TikToks during the pandemic. That's where really? I first saw him. Yeah. Yeah. He's cool. I like that guy. Same. Seth Rogen show. And, uh, what's her name? Rose Byrne. Helen. Rose Byrne. Yeah. Helen from Bridesmaids. Helen is One of Padme's um, handmaidens. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Look at that. Star Wars. Uh, Shelby Young, who's done a trillion voices in Star Wars, voices C1D1, one of the protocol droids. And then lastly, someone who has done so much stuff. He's just, he's a that guy. The captain at the very beginning, Captain Hale, is played by Mark Ralston. He's done a ton of TV, a lot of procedural crime dramas, some Star Trek, 
Um, he was also Private Drake in Aliens. Ryan, Sick. remember this at all? Yep. Um, Delahunt in The Departed, Agent Russ in Rush Hour, Hans in Lethal Weapon 2, and I think he would most readily be recognized as Boggs from Shawshank. Another He's Shawshank actor. That's great. He's been in the game. But dude, his IMDb is a mile long. <laughs> I think he's one of those dudes who's. I think we need working. to add someone to this. It could also be just, in the den. But I'm there. I'm with you, Nick. I was just going to say, Adam, you said this was the last. I lastly, think, but I are think, we talking about the last, the same last person? We're as talking one about of the, the red, same. the red protocol droids in episode two. Okay. Hang on. That's a den. Oh, let's save it for the den. Are you sure? Okay. You sure? I mean, yeah, he's okay. a cast member. It's listed. Yeah. He's it's a in cast member. Go ahead. There Go ahead. Nick, do it. The LCO of the 501st Legion, Justin Sonfield. A friend of the pod, a friend of pretty friend much of everybody. Friend of all of us, friend of everybody. The, a friend the who gives dude. me really expensive Jonathan Adler candles that smell really good. <laughs> <laughs> and, what a uh, guy. Chris Bartlett, who's played literally every droid ever in live action, is uh, once again stars as uh, Red Protocol Droid in the show, too. Long overdue for, for Sonfield. So cool. Um, well deserved. I bet that was pretty cool. Pretty cool day. Yeah, nice. Probably pretty cool. Nice little day. Yeah. And then uh, the score. Uh, talking about long overdue, well deserved score by Kevin Kiner, who scored all of Clone Wars. Um, the dude, he's just. Well, he and his sons are the team. I, I don't know what his sons do specifically. If they, you know, they write little motifs with him, or if they're engineers or what. But the Kiners, the family, when are. Uh, they're very talented. When do you want to talk about the that that cello piece? That mm. I mean, just... well, how about this? Runtimes <laughs> fifty-seven and forty-four minutes. Talk music, go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I can hear it. The sign of a of a good score is the next day after you see the film or after you know when it's just there and that dun yeah. dun 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 dun. That I mean that that simple thing when you discover something like that, man. I just you know I have I haven't. It is a dream of mine to do someday, but a very hard one to achieve, you know. So I'm not counting my chickens, but I, I, I understand it and I study it and I like, I'm such a fan of it that when you can find a piece that's literally the same note over and over again, but the instrument you choose to play it on, the voicing you choose the player to use, you know, the, the technique you, you have them use to play it create a sound and a piece that is so recognizable with one note you you win you mm. win i mean uh, every time that thing happened dun, 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 came on i was like dude this is what do you do you think that that fits over the imperial march like it's got to fit in there i bet you it's in there somewhere like if that rhythm if well, you really play yeah, them yeah, together yeah. For, it's probably it, it in has there. the same vibe of like right? a, like a, 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 a i don't know like kind of sinister mm-hmm. looming danger you know suspense but the what they've been doing not just kind of you know ludwig everything that's going on right now in live action star wars they're getting so creative i and i equate this to i i think where a lot of this came from honestly as a lot of music in film and tv does is han zimmer does a thing and then people do that thing and <laughs> sure dune yeah, the yeah. dune soundtrack is so groundbreaking they literally were inventing instruments to play for mm-hmm. the soundtrack. I mean, it's it's in, it's crazy what he did with that. But uh, they're doing that in the, in live action. They're going like, how do we mic this cello to make it sound just so nasty and and cool? 
instead of the classical Star Wars style of string production and string playing, you know. But I But it all still sounds like Star of Wars. Course, absolutely, know. absolutely. But there was all the stuff we love and talk about in especially in Clone Wars, the episodes that went dark towards the end where it just shifted into this like dark synth wave. Yes. That that was all in the show in the background. There was plenty of yeah. moments where you got these low growling like Korg MS20 bass lines and stuff like it was right at the top. I loved too, like- it. <laughs> I loved got it. Got right into it. Yeah. I, I was yeah. totally, I, I was blown away by the score. Really, I was. I, I, I was so impressed. I just rewatched season seven of Clone Wars as part of the, the Ahsoka playlist. And my brain was so primed for this Kevin Kiner score by that. Mm-hmm. I was, it was that thing where I was taken out just enough to acknowledge how awesome something is and then brought back to the story, you know, because it's just, when you hear it, you hear it, like you're saying. Man, I love it. I'm so. I mentioned it so on the Instagram live last night, but we now have our second instance of like a drum kit. Um, yeah. In Andor, it was literally just a drum. I want to say maybe there's one or two other instruments, but uh, the Sabine like Top Gun chase was a full on punk song. You know, mm-hmm. like I yeah. in my head, that's Nice Noodles, Size Noodles singing. You know, like yeah. like just singing a punk band, like a Riot Girl punk band. It's so cool, so cool. But it has this like. It's almost like a perfect mashup, like a punk mashup of Sabotage and Danger Zone. You know what I mean? And it's just perfect. And it, it still sounds like I mean, Star Wars. That <clears throat> that music does exist in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. High Republic, the Nihil, which are the kind of the overarching enemy of... Yeah, the, Rec uh, Punk, right? The, uh, tra- I think it was Thrash or, or Rec. Or, thr- yeah, I trash. think it's Rec Punk. Rec punk, trash punk. Let me look it up quick. Um, but like they would literally pump this through their ships, their drop ships, and everyone's just high. They wear these masks and they basically just get high on this gas to keep them just like completely jacked on going and just mm-hmm. wrecking everybody. Yeah, it's rec punk. It's rec punk. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they play this through the ships before they all drop in to go like just mess everybody up. Um, and it's like <laughs> the way that they describe it is like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's the Sex Pistols. Um, but it's, it does exist in Star Wars. So, I mean, uh, yeah, they're, they're connecting the dots. I mean, this is, this is canon. Yeah. Expect to hear that at Mosh Eisley. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. All right. Um, let's, I'll, I'll give you listener, viewer, I'll give you an overview of how we're going to spend the next 45 minutes or so. There's too much to talk about. There are too many emotions. There's too much in the Den of Antiquities to get into a synopsis. And a lot of times that just kind of. I don't know. It doesn't always work. If you're watching this, so you have, probably already you, watched it. If you're it. watching this, you watch that. I <laughs> yeah, agree. Yeah. yeah. I think we're at, we're at that point where where people who are who know what we're doing, they're watching the show. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're with us. They're on our level. So, we'll hit enough of of the plots in the uh, of the plot points in, in the discussion and in the den to talk about the the important shit. So, um I have a few discussion points. We we did give like kind of our initial reactions on the Instagram live. We're all super pumped. Um, should we do bingo results or should we just start talking? Stuff? I didn't have time to do mine. If that, if that changes your, he's got to do bingo. one. We got to get a couple, we got to get a couple episodes in. Before bingo should go at the end. No, we'll do them. Well, I, f- I feel like we're going to, Ryan needs to do one. Ryan needs to do a card. We'll do it next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. Then we'll have some tangible results. Ryan, you just have to pick from ours. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's easy enough. Unless we, you have more that you want to add that haven't already been in. Yeah. Add more. Yeah, do that. Yeah, I'll, I'll make the card. Yeah, do that. Um, but we did hit a few for the record. 
Not me. We did hit. You got none? I don't think I got any. Yes, you did. Okay. What? I don't believe you. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, for for anyone who doesn't know what we're what we're talking about, if they skipped over the bingo episode, we made bingo cards. What? We predict predictions, things that we want to see, whatever. We did um, twenty four of those each, and who knows if any of us will hit bingo, but we'll hit some, and then we'll probably have to count up who hit the most because none of us are going to string. I, I was looking at mine, and they're the weird ones are in just the wrong places to screw me out of <laughs> actually hitting bingo. Nice. Maybe there's one line I could hit. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about, I, I have a list here of just some things to discuss, some things that were like a little unexpected or maybe things for people who haven't watched Rebels yet. And they're, they're like, who is this? Why is this happening? Um, let's talk about, hmm, what should we do first? Yeah, the first, Sabina, the first one's good. Sabine is a Padawan. So I, like, like you said, Ryan, they, they kind of, they gave us enough exposition to kind of fill in the blanks for people. Uh, especially with uh, Hu Yang mentioning that she has the lowest aptitude of any Padawan he's ever seen. He just bodies her. He's like not even like he gives her no glimmer of hope. He's like you are literally the worst. Five hundred years. You are horrible. I, I, the worst. I definitely have a thought uh, uh, about this. Uh, I thought it last night. Thinking it now. This is straight up sequel trilogy qualifier material. That's all it is. This is Finn. You know, the force. Oh. The force lives in all of us and. And anyone can, you know, it supports that thing we talk about. That's what I think. I, I think this yeah. is a, qual, a a a sequel trilogy uh, validate validator validation. I don't know. You know, I don't think validator okay. is a word. It could be two things. Um, I've had a lot of discussions about this with a lot of different people about the idea of is Sabine force sensitive? Is Ahsoka trying to find someone that doesn't have a off the charts Mandalorian count? to be able to train someone like Ryan is talking about, to be able to tap into the force as a something that Qui-Gon had said that the living force is something that goes through all living things, right? So technically someone would have the ability to possibly be able to tap into it. But if we look at the lineage, they made a very important point to tell people who did not watch the show that Sabine is a Mandalorian. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And then you find out that Ren... And I think that her legacy, I think her actual legacy family is Vizsla. Correct, Ryan? You just rewatched it. It's it's Vizsla, right? Yes. Correct. Her house is literally a descendant of Tar Vizsla that was made to be a point in the last ep in the last season of Mandalorian to talk about the first Jedi Mandalorian was Tar Vizsla. So her lineage checks out that she has ancestry of one of the a force user yeah someone who's actually able to be both so i think that's that and, and it's not like feloni doesn't know that that's like literally his thing so um it could just be literally uh, uh an opportunity for her to almost discover the power of her heritage ancestry mm -hmm. possibly something to think about i'm down with the idea too that not every force user is moving rocks and has the same skill set you know like she might be able to maybe because she's a great artist or something maybe that's a way into the force or something like that maybe she has like one or two things when someone like luke or anakin has a plethora of them you know well that's why i think there you know there were so many questions hanging in the air of, of finn's connection mm -hmm. to the force at the end that I, I i just had a conscious thought of like oh we're leaning a little more into the idea of uh characters that are not um 
known force users, mm-hmm. characters that don't mm-hmm. have what you did, basically exactly what you just said, Nick, they don't move rocks. That's a, yeah. that's the easiest way to, to say it. Mm-hmm. So I, I thought that, honestly, Mike, I wasn't, uh, I, I did just watch it and all of that information is correct, but I did not pull all that in my brain because I'm not as smart as you uh, <laughs> when it comes to these things. So uh, I think it's both, I guess it's both things mm-hmm. to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Speaking of Sabine and her being a Padawan of, um, of Ahsoka and how that ended and is now being restarted. There, there's, there's enough mention of, of the idea of her having left Anakin and doing the same to Sabine and her dealing with that for people to get it. But the depth and the significance of that is something that you can't really understand until you watch Clone Wars because the guilt that, that Ahsoka is likely carrying is massive. You know, mm-hmm. you think about she wonders if Darth Vader never would have existed had she not left the order, you know? And then she thinks about, did she do something like this to Sabine? But then she's, she's weighing out, and there's a great quote, which is the quote of the week we'll talk about later. Um, did, she, did she leave Sabine and did she sort of end that training because she was afraid that she didn't have enough natural talent she was going to get her killed, mm. you know? So like the wrong thing for the right reasons kind of thing. And I think all of that just informs her demeanor, who she is at this person, at this point in history, the way that Rosario's playing this very stoic version of Ahsoka. Loner. Just, like, just, just an absolute loner. Yeah. It's everything about the way she takes in information, the way she kind of takes a breath and she, the faces she makes, she's always thinking, you know, there's also about something what, she alluded she's to had process in her life. Um, when she was talking to Hu Yang on the ship where she said she didn't use a typical Jedi like interrogation or something like that when she was mm-hmm. uh, interrogating Morgan Elizabeth. So who knows what that means? You know, like if she didn't Torture. stick to the code when Kylo when, Ren uh, moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why not? I think that it's, her out. I think the whole thing is setting up for uh, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't want to speculate too far and say like some massive sacrifice on her part, whatever that may be, when she finally commits to the relationships, to the people in her life again, when she finally uh, lets herself be open to them and Mm -hmm. be close to them because it's so deliberate how it's being played right now that she will not let anyone in. She will not, you know what I mean? She is looking for answers but, and, and she does want to do good, but, uh, but when it comes to personal connection, I, she just, is, she wants to be on her own. And I think a huge part of the story is going to be, um, I mean, dude, look at how much they talked about where we'll, like that. Those weren't the only things you weren't around for, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, again, you have to watch rebels viewer listener, uh, to know what that means, but there, her absence was, uh, very much felt <laughs> Yeah. In a, in a key moment uh, of the Star Wars story uh, in this in this story, you know, but in the bigger picture, too, now that I'm, I've seen it, it's it's really it's important to the whole thing. But I just think where we're going with Adam, you just mentioned, you know, with Rosario's perform, performance and the writing is that mm-hmm. by the end of this, she is going to have I mean, she's the protagonist of the story. It's there has to be some yeah. great change. So, um that makes me think of two things. One from live action. 
her reasoning for not training Grogu. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and being a mm-hmm. loner. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, she's not a Jedi, but she still adheres to the, to those principles that attachment can be dangerous. Mm-hmm. And she's maybe afraid that her attachments have do, have done the worst of the worst to the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And talking about sacrifice, we talked about this week before last that the 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 end the end game for Ahsoka in terms of where Filoni wants to take her as a character, it would be surprising if she died in this series or if she died in the movie in in any kind of even traditional, you know, becoming one with the force, becoming a force ghost kind of sense. I think it is more likely, and I will give credit to Star Wars Explained for this. I can't remember if it was Molly or, or Alex who said it, but the idea that she may become something much larger in the force mm. that that brings it all the way back to the Mortis arc. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, like, she she died in that arc. Yeah, that's a huge part of her story. She was brought back to life through the, the life force of, of the daughter that was imbued into her. And the father figure in that was trying to find someone to replace him to keep the balance. What if that's her? What if in a few years the film ends with that and she she becomes like the keeper of the balance of the force in the universe. She could be the new Bendu right in the middle. Yeah. But but also then I think that that if it's not death that it has a Luke vibe to it where mm-hmm. she will come around, you know, and be there for Sabine and Hera and but but when when the when it's over she'll kind of ride off into the sunset on her own again you know Mm -hmm. but it's like right now where we're at in these first two episodes you you get just like she almost doesn't want to be around them yet she doesn't even want to be around anymore (laughs) you know what you know what i mean she's like yeah i i think she feels like she can handle it on her own yeah um while we're talking about padawans and whatnot we should point out that shin the apprentice of balan skull has a padawan braid interesting so this former jedi Balin Skull, who disappeared during the Clone Wars, even though he's not a light side user, he seems to, and the way he talks about it, it would be unfortunate to kill Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. does, like, have some, it, some, um, some feelings for reverence. some positive feelings. Yeah, reverence. He may, he may just be a mercenary at this point, but he's obviously training mm-hmm. his Padawan or his, his apprentice in something that resembles the Jedi style. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, there's no no council to join, so he's yeah. you know, he's he's out in that lawless space right now. It's something. There is some kind of interesting parallel to Brian and I. Obviously, geeked out about this a little last night. About um, there's a, a force a force ability, right? We know that some force users have developed like a, uh, uh, I would say like a accented or a focused ability within the force um and uh cal kestis has what's called an echo where he's able to go to a place and Mm. almost listen back to what had happened in these spaces in the force um and she did that at sabine's uh apartment which is really interesting it's kind of cool it's a new ability i don't think we have seen in her before um, but certainly one we have seen in star wars uh and so it's almost interesting because like the the echo is going backwards and when Morgan looks over to Balin, she almost kind of asked him if his, what he saw coming, almost like he can see further ahead, which did you guys pick that up? Yes. So this, this will bring me to an, 
another idea when you're done with this. So all I'm saying is like, there's something interesting about we, I, I, I think too, um, I was talking with, uh, with our friend Brooke about it, that, uh, Shin is wearing like her robes are still, they're not fully dark. Yeah, yeah right? brown, they're, right? They're, they're, they're well, the, she, like her undersuit is almost like gray. Yeah, I think it's, her it's, cloak is brown. Though. Her cloak right. is brown, but like the underneath, right? And we've seen that. That was an intentional decision. Black on top. Yeah, she looked like a Stark of Winterfell. <laughs> true, true. Yes, yes, yes. The but there there is something interesting about that, and especially with the theory of um, who they are and within the Lothwolves too. But anyways. Um, there's something interesting about like his respect for Ahsoka because it's almost like she's on the opposite side of him in terms of Ahsoka can look back and he can look forward. It, game recognized game. There's something there's something very interesting about the two of them, and especially with Filoni teasing us at celebration by saying they're not who you think they are, mm -hmm. which can mm. be anything in regards to what Dave Filoni can think up. So um I think the the Padawan part of it, and it being, of course, that Huyang didn't know didn't recognize her lightsaber at all makes me think the night sisters and what they did to uh maul's brother right mm -hmm. <laughs> and the fact that they have incredibly unnatural abilities like did they resurrect fallen jedi and did they come back like oh. dude I, Whoa. <laughs> I'm like, this is Whoa. this is kind of nuts and i'm pretty interested in where this goes yeah God, you just got the gears turning. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, here's some more stuff. Okay. So Thrawn supposedly is calling to Morgan Elspeth across space and time, quote, across space and time. Not just the distance to, the, to a different galaxy, which is also a weird concept that we should talk about for a second. Another galaxy in Star Wars. Yeah. We've always just talked about the one galaxy. There's Insane. some stuff in, in the off-screen stuff. Because it's all but like this, un, unknown regions, right? That's all that it's referred to as. I think it's the beyond too, right? Well, no, but fully in another galaxy though. All the unknown regions, regions and all of that is within the one. Yep. Right. Wild It's not a spiral. The, the distant one is, is the spiral, mm -hmm. but the one that, you know, it's, um, it's much further, which is why they're constructing this giant hyperdrive thing. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So just the words across space and time seems like an obvious reference to the world between worlds. Yeah. Agreed. Time, right? All of the imagery all, all the line work yes at the Sharat and the temple right that mm -hmm. they were at uh what's the planet that they were on it has a really cool name earth no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh uranus all, but all of yeah all, all of that uh all, all of the what's the word i'm looking for like not inscription but like in uh, like engraving et, engraving etching in the sure. rock you know yeah, in the yeah. florida yeah, yeah. that it was all the lines from from Mortis and, and the world between worlds and all that. It's a, it, yeah, ties the room together, dude. That's what they're doing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. All, all the temples that we've seen, like the temples that we've seen more recently, like starting with rebels and then including some stuff in Mando with the live, you know, the live action renditions, like the thing that Grogu meditated on had that circular thing with the writing. Mm -hmm. It all seems to tie to this world between worlds thing. Um, and there's this amazing the idea that the Peridia, that's the name of it. The pathway to Peridia is that's the line. Sick. Yep. Uh, a viewer super chatted into um, Star Wars Explained, their live live stream earlier. The idea that Cetos, Ryan, Cetos, that's the name of. Nice. So cool. Um, the idea that it's not Thrawn whispering to Morgan Elsbeth because he can't. He's not a force user. 
but mm-hmm. that it's Ezra, whether he's being forced by Thrawn or he's being manipulated by Thrawn, or as Nick's um, bingo card suggests, mm-hmm. he's been compromised in some way, or his mind suggests that he's fully turned. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Why am I allowed? I, I, I shouldn't be allowed to do this. To like, <laughs> be, I got to go to bed. No, it's just like people who are watching the, the podcasts and the live streams, whatever, have, are so much smarter than I am. And I, am get, I have it's a microphone a hive mind. in front of me. We're, we, all, we all just do it. I would have never gone that far in, in my brain. I mean, it's a, We're communicators. We're just here to relay these ideas. What a <laughs> sick idea yeah i mean wherever they went think about this wherever they went with the pergil it's it's actually a different galaxy ezra could literally show up i don't know this could be um i guess the chiss are the chiss in the star wars galaxy as we know it or that's the unknown region well unknown regions is within the the mapped star wars galaxy okay so i don't know in my head thrawn Ezra and the Purgle went to wherever the Chiss are from, and Ezra's like, oh, okay, you know, like immediately yeah. outnumbered type of thing and goes through some sort of torture or mind control or brainwashing, whatever you want to call it, and it's just compromised at that point. So we'll see. Or they got there and found out that there's something way worse, and they're trying to get back to be the like, darker we side. We the darkest help. side. I have, <laughs> I have two things. One, can we have just a quick moment of like um, – Science. Can we talk about science for just a second? I would love they to. They jumped to. They they made the jump while in atmosphere to go, the 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 path right to take the path. It, it, in the finale of Rebels, yeah. Correct, but the windows were all broken. Mm. How how are we surviving in zero g <laughs> vacuum of space? Hey kid, it's not that kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, any number of things. It could be like there's nothing. I've been trying, bro. There's no. Well, he's holding this whole situation together with the force at the end, right? Mm-hmm. And the Purgle are organic beings that travel through hyperspace. Um, who knows what kind of like gravity well they create? Who knows what kind of like magnetic field they create? Who knows how that all interacts with the force or how Ezra forces it to react with the force? Or maybe they're like, just, there's lots of hand wavy shit we could say here. Don't be a baby, just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be there. We'll be there in a minute. I really appreciate your effort. Uh, moving on. My second thing uh, yeah. is the galaxy. You know, another galaxy in Star Wars, and whatever's yeah. going on there. And you know, to your point, Mike, like something worse, something we've never seen before. You know, um, I mean, there's so much. Like, is it related directly to how how related is it to the story where that's unfolding right now with, you know, the post-imperial Mandalorian Ahsoka timeline that we're, we're mm-hmm. culminating and how, how related is it to that? Also, you know, if we're going to get these Ryan Johnson trilogies and these other things like that are supposed to be totally off the path of the Skywalker saga. Why not just tell us about a brand new galaxy? Why don't you just tell us yeah. about the galaxy you want to see? To tee that up, you know? I mean, I, it's, yeah. I've been thinking that for a while, actually, to think about, about the, the, the idea of the new, uh, if, they're, if they're ever going to make them, new features that are not, not connected to the Skywalker saga in any way, that they would either be in some part of the galaxy we've never seen, or 
I don't know that I had this conscious thought, but you know, in another another galaxy. I mean, like there's the thing, yeah. things are happening in, in the universe at the same time that this is happening. So they're teeing it all up, dude. They, that's what I'm saying. They don't do anything by mistake. It, despite, no. despite everyone thinking they do Disney, um, Disney, <laughs> but they you know, Star like Wars. there's a, there's a difference between a lack of, of, um, foresight, uh, foresight in the sequel trilogy and, and coherent, like, you know, scripts, versus the idea of the sequel trilogy being coherent. Like the idea of Palpatine masterminding the whole the, the whole thing, that was that was always there. Like mm-hmm. yeah. J- that happened multiple times in the EU. Well, let's make a new movie Ray is uh, Ray is a descendant of of Palpatine. That that was there. We didn't know that when it started, but they did. And it's like so even that has more foresight than the original trilogy, which we talk we talk about that all the time. I'm just saying that they don't. They don't go. Here's a new galaxy <laughs> to then just be like, all right. Well, they're going to go get him and bring him back, and we're never going to. Yeah, that that's again. not just a plot device. Mm-hmm. It's not just a, not just a, a MacGuffin. It's it's huge, really. I mean, you're talking. Really this huge. is a, this is a massive doorway that could have, again, to not speculate. It could have been opened, right? I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it does go away. Maybe it's not yeah. a big deal. Maybe and Filoni wrote all this. I mean, really think about. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, it, like. So George and Dave did the Clone Wars and everything that you kind of love, the essential parts of the Clone Wars are mostly Dave. Then Filoni was helming the ship on Rebels and look at how good that is. And then arguably the most exciting parts of the Mandalorian, you could almost point to Filoni Mm -hmm. too. And now he's in charge of this. And if this is all leading to this feature film with the, Mm -hmm. the culmination of the whole thing, what better... What what crowning achievement could be bigger than him going? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take us all to a completely new galaxy for the mm-hmm. finale of this whole thing. Yeah, and and open the door to a, a new, a, a legitimately new chapter. Uh, yeah, for the future of Star Wars. And <sighs> right alongside it, building in all the blanks, planting all the seeds for the path mm-hmm. to the sequel trilogy, including. Uh, yes. You know, the Imperial remnants, the business that's, people. That's all like, happening at the, the same time. It's all business. It's masterful. Yeah. It's masterful. And that like this arrogant captain at the beginning, mm-hmm. the dude who, mm-hmm. we, that guy who's been in a million things, just, just again, planting the seeds to, for us to understand how the first, it's like, well, where'd the first order come from? Of course there's another empire. Yeah. Well, every, this is all cyclical. Like mm-hmm. earth yep. is as a very cyclical history. Of course it would, it would pan out the same way in another galaxy. You know, empires rise and fall. I think we might have mentioned it last week while we were doing the bingo cards, but um, did one of us bring up the Night Sisters possibly being like the last like linchpin in figuring out Snoke and figuring out cloning and stuff like that? Someone did mention. I feel that, like yeah. that came up last last yeah, we week. We talked about that. Yep. So maybe there. One thing to be clear about too, when it comes to the Night Sisters, they do use the Force; they use it differently. It's via magic, right. basically. They are force users. It's just... Or their interpretation is a, is a magical kind of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're not Sith, they're not Jedi, but they use the force. We've also learned, I learned in watching Rebels, this idea that creatures, whether they be, you know, humanoids or or wolves, like wolves, excuse me, uh, are... are there, there was a line in season four of Rebels about... Um, their connection is to the force or something. And it was like, and someone goes, their connection is to Lothal, like about the wolves. Right. And uh, so yeah. 
Right. Dothamir in general, the planet's energy is dark and weird and twisted. And it's in this, you know, region of space that uh, it's, so it's like their, their connection is to their planet. So their interpretation of the force is going to be defined by yeah. their connection to all the living things on, on their, their planet. I, I think there's something to that. Yeah. Well done dudes. All right. Um, man, we talked, say- we talked the hell out of that. Holy crap. Yeah, but, Can you but, believe it? But We're, I love you guys, but none of us said on our own accord that Ezra is whispering mm-hmm. not Thrawn. Hey. That is heavy. That is heavy. Either dude. did either did Alex or yeah, Molly, yeah, yeah. I know. who run the, the biggest and smartest damn Star Wars anything as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So I don't feel that dumb. Uh it's just what I'm telling myself. <laughs> Hey everyone, we want to take a moment to tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Roosevelt's. You may know Roosevelt's as the company who makes those rad, all-over print button-downs with just about every franchise that you love. They of course have Star Wars, because this is a Star Wars podcast, but they also have Harry Potter, Disney, Pixar, Marvel, NASA, WWE, The Office, Nickelodeon, Rick and Morty, Friends, all kinds of other stuff, including new lines from Yellowstone and The Godfather. And not just button-downs, but T-shirts. They do shorts, jackets, hoodies, koozies, flannels, so many different kinds of items, so many dope designs. So if you're interested in picking something up for the first time, go to rsvlts.com and use promo code THANKTHEMAKER with no spaces to get 20% off your first purchase. Once again, that's rsvlts.com. Use promo code THANKTHEMAKER to get 20% off of your first purchase. All right, let's do the Den of Antiquities. For over a thousand generations. It is the dark saber. It's a Calicore. A Sith Wayfinder. Dark science. Cloning. Secrets only the Sith knew. There's enough stuff in this to talk for another hour straight, (laughs) but we'll try to keep it under control. Nick. Yeah. Take us in. Feels good to be back in the den. Mm. Uh, Ahsoka's ship is designated T6-1974, likely a reference to Filoni's birth year. Um, There was another year, there was another code or something that Ahsoka used that I was like, it was like 811976 or something. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, I wonder if that's her birthday and it wasn't. So I tried, guys. She also said G4... (laughs) G48 or something like that at the top. And I was like, G George, what year <laughs> yeah. was he born? Or 38, G38. Now mm-hmm. he was born in 44. Yeah. Right. So Senator Jai Kel, first seen in Rebels episode season one, episode six called Breaking Ranks, where he was a cadet in training for the Empire. And then towards the end of the series, he was alongside writer Azadi in, uh, in the final season. All grown up. Yeah. Um, Shin and Balin's ship is heavily inspired by early concept art for the Imperial shuttle. But it had like the, if I'm wrong, and I said this last night in, in a, whatever state I was in, um, for a, had a first order ass, didn't it? Kind of. <laughs> like with the it, four, you know, it, it didn't yeah. have the, yeah, the, yeah. the OT circular uh, thrusters. thrusters. It had mm-hmm. more of that modern first order uh, like, um, I don't know what you call it. It's like a rectangle with rounded corners. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. The, the, mm-hmm. That kind of in that kind of thruster is in the, the sequel trilogy in the for sure. first order ships. Yeah. But then the, uh, the, the world war two bomber, uh, uh, nose with the, you know, just like the Falcon. Yes. 
So it's like a, it's a really a mashup of all the areas. Yeah, mm-hmm. circular. Yeah. Uh, some of these are a little out of order, but I did notice that there are new characters in the Star Wars Disney Plus intro. So Huyang is in there, Marek, yeah. and I don't remember the HK assassin droid. It could have been there, but I don't remember it being in there. So Can I say something the- cool about the HK assassin droids? You guys know better than me. Have we seen them before? Has it been brought up before? Uh, I think in yeah. the yeah. Jedi episode of Mandalorian, mm-hmm. right? Yep. I don't know. And that th- before that, it was a video game or a comic or something. I don't know if there's anything to this whatsoever or if there's actually any nod to Lucas's inspiration from Dune to Star Wars, but HK standing for hunter killer. Mm. It's, it's a little assassin, you know. Could be. In the book, they describe them like kind of the, like little metal bugs. And then in the film, they kind of did that. They adapted it. But I just, when they, HK assassin droid, like. Mm-hmm. Well, depending on who first coined HK assassin droids in Star Wars, that could have been a nod to Terminator. Cameron was almost definitely inspired by Dune. Hunter right. killer. Yeah. Oh, while, while, we're, while we're mentioning Merrick, though, dude, how sick was that straight-up, like, medieval armor, mm. Inquisitor uh, yeah. armor that he had? It was cool. It fit like in the universe. It. Like, it was, it was medieval, but I, that wasn't the first thing that popped. He just yeah. looked sleek and cool. Yeah. We haven't even talked about him. Who is he? <laughs> Man, when he, when he fetches his, his lightsaber that's spinning and Ahsoka's just dude, like— Dude, and Ahsoka just kicks her shoulder by. <laughs> that was amazing. I mean, let him get it back. <laughs> I think I there was an expletive on my part in that moment. <laughs> yeah. He looks like a like a knight a, a knight of Ren. Yeah. To me, there are also theories about knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. People are suggesting the uh, the two orange lightsaber wielding folks here may be uh, knights of Ren. Mm-hmm. May may well become knights of Ren. Speculation. Yeah. Overturn. Which we don't do. <laughs> Too bad. Nick, continue. Sorry. Back on track. Come on. I mean, man. there is some history in the, I think it's called The Rise of Kylo Ren or something, comic book series. There, there are Knights of Ren that exist, and neither of them are in it, but hey, it's fine. We'll just rewrite the comic books. Or they could just join. Uh, did you, they could did, join. Did yeah. you also see ranks. in the second episode, was that not Rex's helmet? Where? Oh, in the, in Sabine's? In the intro. Yeah, I think that's been there, Right? That looked like a phase, almost like a phase, like yeah, Rex's I think that, in between. I mean, I'm assuming it's sure Rex, that's right? Yeah. I don't know if the markings are on it, but I think clone, a clone helmet has been it in there. It almost seemed like tra- that transitional phase one to phase two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They were clones. Like, okay. Uh, I'm pumped on seeing E-Wings. Those look real awesome. They seem like a... Kind of almost like a in my head, they seem like a next generation X Wing, pretty mm-hmm. similar. Yeah. Um, so they were flying as, alongside Sabine on that Lothal highway. Uh, they were seen in Legends originally when the Republic used the E Wing during Thrawn's attempt to resurrect the Empire after the Battle of Endor. So they are um, era appropriate in Legends, if that makes sense. I will also mention that given what um, went down at the, um, the antenna where Sabine lives that road is literally a highway to the danger zone (laughs) (laughs) had to do it he had to do it and he did it right there tell me if i'm wrong we're almost 180 for 180 (laughs) just gonna say thank the maker but also i was watching that and i was like dude ahsoka needs a faster ship man yeah what was with that (laughs) i was like i was like those e-wings are like cruising i was like someone i was like hit the light speed she got she's dying man (laughs) i was just talking to somebody about um 
about uh, F-16s that leave from our airport here, and they mentioned something about going from, like, I don't know, like... I was there for this conversation that I can't remember, and I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember. Yeah, it takes something like 11 minutes to essentially go across the entire country. Yeah, it's real fast. At Mach 2.5 or whatever they do. It's real fast. Yeah, I was just waiting for, for Ahsoka to go. I'll be there in 17 seconds. <laughs> right. I was waiting mm-hmm. to hear like whatever the equivalent of seconds is in Star Wars to be said. Didn't happen. It didn't. Too late. It really didn't. Sorry, Nick. Continue. Apology accepted. Uh, <laughs> Sabine watches Ezra's hollow on the same type of Jedi communicator. First seen in the prequels uh, when Qui-Gon uses it in The Phantom Menace. Looks pretty similar to... I'm pretty sure you can buy those at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um is it not the same like Jedi communicator that was in Obi Wan? Yep. Yes. Okay. So it's, that's like it does standard hollow Jedi and, issue, right? Does it does audio and visual? Um, so it, so it was Kanan's, and she has it now. And it looks like a throwing star, so that's mm-hmm. one. Yep, that makes sense. Oh, Kanan. Oh, okay, this is cool. This this is something I feel like uh, you know Mike's talked about Balin and Shin possibly being. Both wolves and all this type of stuff. So um, this kind of reminds me of that conversation. The three-pointed symbol that Sabine discovers in the star map, uh, it's of Earth. It's something called the Celtic Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, Celtic Trinity Knot or the Triquetra. Um, and that's the iconography associated with Wiccans. So witches. Pretty cool. And? Yes. Um, so what is it called? The Triquetra uh, or the Trinity. So that's... Three, basically. Uh, it symbolizes the triple goddess, often described as the maiden, the mother, and the crone. Uh, pretty damn cool. I mean, just to bring in a layer of kind of sorcery and witch, witches. The father, the daughter, and the son. It's, it's yeah. Mortis. Father, son, Holy Spirit, all of it. It's Mortis, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. May the force be with you. <laughs> and also with you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, And speaking of witches, Toil and Trouble is almost definitely a reference to Macbeth. Uh, There's a spell spoken uh, by the three witches in in Macbeth. Double, double, Toil and Trouble, Fire, Burn, and Cauldron Bubble. Mm. So. Balin, Banquo, I mean, what's going Mm -hmm. on here? Uh, towards the end of episode two, Sabine kneeling down in front of her Mando helmet while cutting her hair. That mirrors Kanan doing uh, the same exact thing before he met his demise, rescuing Hera. And also pre all of that, a reference to Seven Samurai, Kurosawa. So. And the main character, I think, does that as part of like a, like to symbolize a new path. Rebirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, uh, is George inspired? George Lucas, he's inspired by... This is the first. This is the first time hearing of it. Was he I in love, coincidence. samurai movies? I love when ha- when Hera says, "I some I, I hate." Oh, I should do this for the patrons, huh? Okay, I'll shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up! But we said we said on the we said it on the live last night. Like, Ahsoka looks over. She got that. She got that shortcut again, and she was like, "I like your hair." And Sabine just goes, eh, "It felt more me." I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. she knows. <laughs> yeah, she knows." It felt more like me for people who watch Rebels. If you know, you know. <laughs> All right. Got a couple more here. They're a little out of order, but uh, Ahsoka aligning the pillars in the Night Sisters Temple is similar to what Cal Kestis does in the Zepho Temple in Jedi Fallen Order. But she's way smarter than Cal Kestis because Cal would make you run all the way around the map and she just cut through the floor and just went down to the part where she needs to go. So Ahsoka figured yeah. it out. Mm. 
But aren't you controlling Cal Kestis, so Ahsoka is smarter than Nick, you? Nick, Nick, Nick. We don't need Idiot. to get into what nuance you're things, okay? <laughs> Nitpicking. Um, I, d I don't want to say that this next one is exactly the same room, but it looks very similar. So Hera and Ahsoka meet in what looks like the same war room as the Rebel Alliance in the pre-Death Star attack in Return of the Jedi. So it could be like... I mean, it is the same ship. It is the same Mon Cala ship, yeah, right? so it probably is. Maybe more than one of those ships exists and they all have the same room, you know? Like, I don't know, but it's it's dead on. Even if it's not the exact same ship, just the feeling of seeing them yeah. at the same table mm -hmm. where everyone from the original trilogy met, it was, I just got goosebumps just saying it. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Star Wars. Uh, a couple more here. The illustrations of Pergil can be seen rounding in a circle when Morgan Elsbeth, Balin Skull, and Shin Hati are viewing the star map. So, yep. and you know, and you kind of got to pause it for a second and see him, but Pergil are a part of it. Pitch. Yeah. I noticed Touch. that without pausing it, and if you don't watch Rebels, no chance. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's my yeah. pitch. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't really talking about the fact that, the, I mean, Balin looks up at one point and there's Pergil circling, right? Yeah. Or at least one giant one. He looks up at the oh, sky in the and sees thing, one. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, quick thing about Pergo. So before hyperspace was was able to be navigated with the Navi computer, you know, calculations so you don't fly into a supernova or whatever, right? Um, they had to, you know, force-sensitive people would use the force to to find those hyperspace lanes. And before that, before they... Like the discovery of that came from the Purgle. All this is this is canon apparently. Um, this is just from research. I don't know where this was said, but that is that's the origin. Um, maybe they mentioned it. So in Dune. Rebels. It's so the whole thing is so Dune. Super it's Dune, just yeah. dude. I mean, it's the whole entire concept of Dune is based around only these super evolved humans who become like fit, basically revert to fish almost because they have to live in these tanks breathing spice at all times mm -hmm. that's the only way you can do that because you'll fly into a supernova it's like in high school it's, when you get a gas mask from uh, the the <laughs> army surplus store and you and attach it to your bong <laughs> it's just like i i i don't i don't have a problem with it it's just sometimes it's just like man he really liked dune a lot <laughs> and in the high republic the Markeon Rowe, who's the, the, the main big bad of the whole thing, um, actually has a being hooked up to a machine, just like you're describing, Ryan, and she has what's called the, the sight, which is uh, the ability to be able to see these paths. And um, that family is Legacy Santeca, mm -hmm. which is a long-lasting Star Wars family that has had many, many, many deep secrets. Of to me, she's royalty. Things. Yeah. So that's uh, Star Wars is Star Wars is very cool. <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, one last one here: Shin arriving on Lothal with a mini probe droid. You could probably do a supercut of that scene and Darth Maul showing up with a mini probe droid on Tatooine in the Phantom Menace. Pretty similar. Dude, how sick was the intro? Did anyone else have this feeling? I'm going to bring it right back around to like initial reactions, which we didn't really get into because of our Instagram live. Um, did anyone else in watching the first like five or 10 minutes feel like they were in the theater in 1999, but seeing like a modern 
more original trilogy inspired version of that opening scene of the phantom menace yeah mm. i mean my my overall it fully took me back because i saw it a couple of days before everyone else my overall non-spoiler review is that it was fresh and familiar mm-hmm. it really does seem like could you imagine being i don't know however i guess we're all kind of the same age could you imagine if just three years after return of the jedi there was a new movie you know sure. like that's what it feels like yeah you know? it's so cool yeah it, Filoni's just nailing it. Mm-hmm. I, and there, there are some shots. I love how he. I love how he was like, "All right, it's time. I'm gonna do a crawl." Yeah. Into a space, <laughs> yeah. a crawl into a spacecraft. I'm doing it. Yeah. You know, and and but didn't bite, didn't totally bite it. Did his own, his own way. Yeah, it's vanilla ice. Din, 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 din. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ours goes ding 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 ding. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. it was like we all we all reacted to this. I mean, we talked at the very top of the show tonight. We we, re- we reacted to the crawl. Like wow, wow, wow. Yeah. You know, and it wasn't. It was just straight teleprompter style, but just doing it was enough. And he knows that. He knows that. Yeah. He's he's the guy who knows. I just you just have to throw a little little bit of it in there. Also, it's exposition for my mom, you know, <laughs> like yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, it, that stuff's helpful. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure she was pumped. Yeah. And, and at the end, right before the credits rolled, it said uh, for our friend Nick's mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That was very heartfelt. I hope I you understood. That. I love that. <laughs> um, dude, also just last thing on Filoni directing. He does some really cool creative shots while also not veering too far from Lucas and um you know, some of the older directors, more classic style where he composes and, and you know, you could give credit to the cinematographer too. I I don't want to give everything to Dave, who knows, but the shot where you first see Sabine's Mandalorian helmet, because she has to squat down and the camera comes down behind the tool bench and she sees that and comes back up, you know, a lot of other less talented directors would just, it'd be a cutaway. It'd be an angle where it's kind of in a weird spot, but just, it was just a smart camera move, and that one specifically kind of jumped out like, okay, he's got this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he's got it. Damn, the show's awesome already. All right, anything else uh, in the den? Is that it? That's it. Let's, let's we'll leave the den. We'll find more stuff as on a rewatch for sure. Well, you, Mike, you mentioned your, your bingo card. I mean, Ezra, Ezra's scout trooper helmet that Sabine painted is in like kind of the foreground of a shop. Well, that's mm-hmm. that's Ezra's apartment. Mm-hmm. Like she's living in it yeah, now, right? It and, so, and that was his thing. Like Ezra used to go and steal stuff from the Empire. And if you look in the background, there's all kinds of stuff that you know. There's tons of old stormtrooper helmets and all that kind of stuff. Which is, um, it, it's it's it was all put there. I'm sure as we're going to get more, be, you know, behind the scenes from all this. Like, I can't wait for a gallery of this show. Like, yeah. I'm like, so excited to see this. But yeah, that was. Let's uh, rename this segment for the next seven weeks Ezra's apartment. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. <laughs> I'm guessing um, the Instagram account and Facebook account, I don't know. I don't know how Facebook works, but on Instagram, it's parts of SW, parts of Star Wars. I've referenced it before. They're doing a lot of Andor stuff right now because it's a ton of found objects. You know, that's that's the most recent one who went, that, that went most heavily into that. But I would imagine they'll start to hit the show as well. And I can't wait to find oh, out so many what of kind her, of obscure European Tupperware I need to get. But <laughs> so many like her, when she's plugging in all the different parts and it looked like there were like... Yeah. A, like oh, wait, there was... There's another thing I forgot to write down. When she was... She had the, uh, the droid's head 
yeah. and it was plugged in. Yeah. That was a oh, bunch yeah. of like quarter inch cables. That was like all audio equipment, right. I feel like. Did you notice yeah, that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like all the connections were just like guitar cables, basically. <laughs> yeah. And did are- you also see uh, on either side of the screen where she was doing the targeting thing? It just in Arabesque just says ABCB. <laughs> it's because nice. I met when Dave and I met in the airport. He, you know, he has a he got kind of caught the rock and roll bug. It's not. Oh, I, nice. I don't want to take credit for yeah, it, but dude, for sure, huge yellow card fan. Well, and you as a musician, of course. Yeah, you're yeah. Always, as a musician, you're always carrying around music equipment in your backpack. So you said, "I have some extra cables, yeah. Dave." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you were a drummer, you would have taken the sticks out of your back pocket that you always carry with you. Everywhere he asked if he, could, the if he could like inspect my lightsaber, but I was like, yeah. "You know what? You really want to inspect is all the music cables because I mean, you never know." Right. And there you yeah. go. Right. So right. it was really in a roundabout way. It was my idea. I heard in an HK idea. droid, there's a humbucker sitting in a brain yeah, that's right. for everything. Seymour <laughs> so Duncan yeah. JB goes in everyone. I heard that he went right to 100%. He went it. right to Guitar Center and bought one of those bundles where it's like a guitar, an amp, a cable, a pick. <laughs> <laughs> one pick. Always comes with it. It's amazing. All right, let's do I Love You, I Know. I love you. I know. Favorite scenes, quotes, moments, and so on. We have some from the patrons in Discord, patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod if you want to be one of those people. Mike, you want to do this? Am I reading it? You want to? Yeah. Or am I giving my thoughts first? I got, let's do that. Well, well, let's do patrons first and then us. Okay, well, I better... The guest goes first. Okay, I better pull that up. And they are the guests. Well, I'm still... Be my guest, be my guest, be my guest. Well, no, someone else has to go first because I need to pull it up. Do them last. Let's do... We'll do two of us, then patrons, then two more. We'll split it up. Love it. What was your what was your favorite scene, quote, or moment? For the implications, Morgan Elsbeth being a descendant of a Night Sisters, and that is absolutely going to be a big part, like moving forward. That that was uh, yeah. That was my like yes, because it's also something I didn't really think of until we made bingo cards. Um, so I was excited at the thought of it, and then it actually happening was. Very cool. Yeah. Hella cool. Ryan Key, what about you? Um, can I can I go with the uh season four fina- the the season finale of Rebels? Can that be my favorite? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's on the menu. Oh man. I I, om- I almost think for the first time in my in my my time hosting a podcast about Star Wars, I like almost definitely need a rewatch to actually have one favorite thing. Mm. Uh, I was just so, I was so overwhelmed because of the state I was in. I mean, it, I was so, I, I was so overwhelmed with Star Wars content for literally, by the end of the Ahsoka shows, I had think I was down for like six hours straight, uninterrupted, that like trying to find one thing. I mean, there were a lot, there's lots of little like visual things I could pick for little tiny moments, I think, you know, moments where I was like, whoa. Um, I love- any standout moment. You don't have to declare it your favorite. I mean, dude- had already seen it in the in the trailer, but when when she when Ahsoka appeared and threw those lightsabers into the ground, mm-hmm. I mean, there it was just so. Also, I think because you hadn't seen her for so long in Rebels, yeah. And as a fan of it, you know, I knew she, I knew it was coming, right? So as I'm watching Rebels, I, I know, okay, well, she's not here, but now I know we know that there's a bigger picture thing here, so there's a reason she's not here or whatever it is. So I, I had been with all these same characters for so many hours in my life, right at that moment that seeing her again 
was intense. I mean, it was just intense. All the questions in my mind, who is she now? Where has she been? What is she like? What, what, what has she been through? Who is, who is she talking to? Who's like, what mission is she on? You know? So I can, I almost want to say like her appearing on screen for the first time was my favorite thing because it was just so, it was such a relief to see her again. Like, okay, we're going to, we're back. Like the crew is, is coming back together. Um, but I will say also, I loved, it's already been mentioned, but I loved that moment where, uh, what's what's his name? Then the guy that looks Knights of Ren, Balin. No, the dude in the armor, Balin, Maroc, Maroc. Yeah, oh, Merrick. When he when he pulls his saber back and she just kicks her shoulder to the side, dude, that yeah. was so <laughs> good. <laughs> Badass. So good. All right, Chopper, pa- dude. Chopper. Wait, wait no, 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 my, no, maybe no, that's no. my favorite thing. No, no, the patrons. We haven't even mentioned him. The patrons got this down. The Chopper goes the like fit. this. Yeah, <laughs> some of the favorite Dude. moments. So Darth and Nihilus Meg, she just quotes Chopper, shoot it down. Hera, I can't just shoot it down. It would crash into the port city. And the <laughs> Chopper says, and that's bad. <laughs> Murder. That is yeah, amazing. And then Chopper also saying, you've been through my office. He's such a selfish little prick, dude. Right? <laughs> but he always saves the day. Nato Potato saying, Chopper, when Chopper says, like, you've been through my stuff because Hera knows where all his parts are. And it's like, yeah. you can under- throwing shit you out. You can understand him. It sounds like he says words there. Like, I more so than any Chopperism, he said, yeah, like, right. are you sure? Or something like that. Then the, like, the little <laughs> roll that they do on over the ship and then chopper like winds up like he's gonna chuck it and nail you know what i mean i'm like yeah that was straight out of rebels um also straight out of top gun let's be honest Coon softball throw a cartoon baseball throw right right yeah um also a great moment uh henry clark brings up he just leaves this quote and i know exactly who says it and that goes to show you the power of like how well this dialogue and delivery was you were right about one thing we're no jedi yeah. Ooh, Perfect. That's cold-blooded. Um, I, I really, I think in, in, in what I'm looking at is in terms of like, I love you, I know. I think that the, the quality of, it's really hard to compare the, the shows because in some ways, uh, and, and it depends on the TV that you're watching. Did we buy a TV because we realized that we wanted to go watch it at my buddy Ryloth Photography that we've all gotten photos taken of? Uh, he had his new studio. Yep. He got a new studio. And uh, I was like, do we have a TV down there? And he's like, no, we don't have a TV yet. I'm like, well, we're going to go buy one. So we went and bought a new TV <laughs> just to watch this. Uh, but but you could certainly Perfect. see in the difference. We haven't really dialed in the settings yet. But like you could see where the volume was. You could see where some of these things are. But all mm-hmm. in all, the attention to detail of how well Lothal translates to live action Dude. without really i mean it's incredible right beautiful it's almost like they just turned up the resolution it's like seriously perfect and the weight of the interior city of it you know the obviously the dome has fallen and all of these things but like it's i think it's just the transition of especially because ryan's like literally basking in the afterglow of how amazing the series is um the transition going from how familiar this felt and that i don't feel that they wasted time needing to spend three episodes catching people up who did not watch Rebels. Like, truly, there are times for us that I think that we could have said, like, well, that's obvious, that's obvious. But 
you're going to have to get up to speed if you didn't want to watch Rebels. And if you did put in the time to watch Rebels, we're going and you're already on the ride. You know what I mean? And I think that's probably one of the things that I've appreciated most was that Filoni was kind of like, this almost feels like a treat for people who have mm-hmm. who have followed him and his journey of being a storyteller through a non-live action medium. I love that. I think that was fantastic. I think so far, like that first, the feeling I got from those two first episodes was on Mando season one, episode one for me of being like, that was memorable to Mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Don't you think it's just such a massive dice roll too? Like the balls on that guy to do what he just did. Talking about witches right off the top, all, all this, all the wild stuff. People love witches. That, that one's easy. That's a slam dunk. Grand slam. To have, all, to have the whole Love it. first episode be name-dropping characters as if they've been, as if we're in season five of a show, knowing that the casual Mandalorian viewer is, is going to watch this because of, you know, the, the visibility of Star Wars right now to the average viewer with Disney Plus and, you know, the advertising, the marketing they're putting into it. Right. A lot of people that didn't watch Rebels are going to watch this show. He knows that, and he doesn't. He's like Wikipedia or Wikipedia. You figure it out. Exactly, dude. You have to imagine he went to George and had concerns about it, and you. I would imagine George saying something about, you know, make the core story simple, straight to the point, and just make the rest of it sound so fucking cool that it doesn't matter. Because that's exactly what he did with Star Wars in 1977. Think about the amount of shit that he just threw out that no one had a clue about, but it just sounded so cool. And the core story was so simple. Exactly. Yeah, and the, uh, the, the Clone Wars. And the <laughs> core story was rescuing a princess and, and killing the evil wizard. Yeah, straightforward. Like, Blow up the thing. And this, this one, and I thought, you know, I mean, tell me you didn't have the same thought in the first scene with Ahsoka, you know, so I guess what the kind of the second scene of the show, Indiana Jones. It's, she's oh, yeah. on a treasure hunt. Finding a yeah. map mm-hmm. like that. That's exactly what this is. I mean, I didn't really put it into that context in my mind, but, but I did have that the thought. The score during that part was incredibly Indiana oh. Jones. Yeah. And I, and I yeah. had, I didn't think about it in terms of this is to keep it on track, you know, in, in the face of the, the rebels lore that is mm-hmm. evident uh, or going to be evident. I guess at that point in the second scene, right? Ahsoka, the finding the map was like the second thing after the Alliance ship. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So they haven't gotten into the rebels yet, right? At that point. So I guess that's maybe why I didn't think of it in that way, Adam, that you just stated it. But it, it, that's exactly right. It's like it doesn't matter as as long as you keep it in the spirit of Star Wars. As long as you keep a classic hero's journey adventure trope going, whether it be a treasure hunt or rescuing a princess, or or you know saving little fuzzy bears, you know, like whatever it is that <laughs> that makes all of the high-minded, you know, lore and sci-fi just sound cool. Yeah. That, yeah, I, I didn't really think about that. But but think about, do think about how Indiana Jones, that first scene with oh, Ahsoka yeah. was. It's like, if I'm a kid watching that, whether yeah. I watch Rebels or not, I'm like, oh, sweet. We're, this, is, this is an adventure. I'm on an adventure. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just going to, I'm mm-hmm. just going to know the character. I don't, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. Okay. This, the, the green one and the one with the colored hair. And, you know, mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to get to know these characters because this is the show I'm watching now. And exactly. that's why I guess he started it with those, that first, you know, 10 minutes ish of non rebels content. Um, 
and absolutely nailed it. I mean, look at the reviews, dude. Look at the, it's, he's it, it nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed how many people on the internet, you guys know what the internet is? Uh, if you're yeah, it's a place I've where heard, you, I've heard of this terrible, it's place. a place where you can go and find Elfcape. something, uh, that you, that you don't like. And instead of just living your life and, and carrying on by enjoying things and being positive, you can focus on only the things that you hate and don't like and talk shit about them nonstop. I don't know if you've noticed, yeah. but the Star Wars... Insert quote, <laughs> insert uh, a Ben Affleck quote from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back about what the f*** is the internet. Yes. So yeah. I don't know if you've noticed in the last 48 hours, the, the, uh, as it's released around the world, the Star Wars social media accounts. I love it. It's amazing. I can't believe it. It's so f- cool. Da, 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 Rebels, amazing. Love it. Every comment. Every comment. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's pumped. Yeah. As they should be. My my favorite's hard to nail down, um, but it was tough not to just be fully emotionally sucked in by just the mention of Anakin. You know, when Hera talked about Ahsoka's master and the, her mood shift, how she paused, the way she chose to answer, that was really significant for me. Um, and then, like on the other side, like on a lighter side with Hera, I thought that whole exchange with the uh, the dude at the shipyard who turned out to be you know uh, uh, an imperial remnant, the way Hera just kept pulling rank on him and saying like, <laughs> actually nothing's classified. I'm a general. I'll need authorization while well, I'm authorizing. Yeah. It. Like and that whole thing. Uh, do 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 I need to uh, do I need to get more formal? A more do a more th- formal investigation or something like that. It was just. A more formal inspection if you'd like right exactly like it was all just so so good snarky and kind of funny but not uh, not out of place it was just really really cool um the 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 favorite moment though for me maybe just like on principle because i was so nervous about this show i was so nervous i was kind of having a shitty day yesterday and there's so much so much writing on it you know what i mean the stakes are so high this is like uh you know in our top few favorite characters, Ahsoka, you know, all of us, maybe my favorite character, period. So this, like the stakes are about as high as they could be for this. And the way Filoni landed the opening scene, like all of the emotions that it triggered, all the notes that it was hitting that all played so perfectly, I think I have to, to I think I have to call that my favorite just on principle. The fact that it opened and there wasn't a single second of me having to get acclimated Mm-hmm. to the vibe or to buy in i was just immediately on board so i'm gonna give it to the opening scene fresh and familiar it was so good yeah good job good job dave we like it i've been meaning to tell you guys this and i literally just remembered it i want to text you guys so much but every time i see what i'm about to tell you that i see i'm driving and i want to be a responsible <laughs> driver but it's probably just because i'm in like the la area that Buses have Ahsoka billboards on them. There are literal Ahsoka billboards, and it's just like the best picture of Ahsoka. And the everywhere you look when you're driving, and they have glowing lightsabers on the billboard, right? Uh, I haven't seen that. There's actually a billboard with her lightsabers, and they're lit up at night. Yeah, I haven't seen that. That's probably in like Hollywood proper, if I had to guess. My friend in LA said that he needed to send me a picture of this insane Ahsoka billboard next to his apartment. I bet that has lit up. Yeah. Lightsabers. 
It's probably that one. I can't sleep now. It just Mr. gives Marvel. me this feeling of, uh, it gives me this feeling of like Back to the Future 2 when he's in the future. Yeah. And you're like, man, what would, how cool would it be if you could just go in the future 20 years? And like I'm tw- you go into the future 20 years and I'm driving around. I'm like, there's a Soka billboard. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yeah. Good shit. All right. Let's get out of here. Um, patrons, thanks for being here with us. Everyone, thanks for watching on YouTube. If you're listening and not watching on YouTube, go hit subscribe. Or if you've made it this far into the clip and you're not subscribed, hit the button. It's right there. Just press it. Mash it. It's right in front of you. Smash it. Kick it. Punch it. And if you want to um, get all the benefits that come from being a patron, like Discord access, exclusive content, exclusive merch, all that kind of stuff, patreon.com slash thinkthemakerpod is where you can go to do that. You can also, as the commercials have been telling you throughout this whole thing, get 20% off your first order from Roosevelt's. Beautiful shirt that Mike's wearing. Beautiful shirt that Nick's wearing. RSVLTS.com. Thank the maker is the promo code. Do it. Do it. We have a, um, a quote of the week, which we haven't had in a very long time. Ryan Key, is this um, your department? What could it be? I hope it's a quote from the show. Yeah, in universe. I love that it is. Sometimes even the right reasons have the wrong consequences. What do we do then? Ahsoka. Immediately, I was like, that's it. That's the quote. That's the one. <laughs> Lady Tano. Lady Tano. Man. All right, dudes, I love you. I love you. I love Ahsoka. This is like an old school Thank the Maker episode, man. An hour and a half? Look at you yeah. guys. I know. Yeah. Wow. Man. Sorry, man. I love this. I didn't even have to pee until like 10 minutes ago. So I'm extra proud of myself. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks again for listening. And until next week, may the force be with you. If you enjoy Thank the Maker, you can support us by following and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Or you can support us directly at patreon.com slash thankthemakerpod, where you can get access to our Discord server, exclusive content, exclusive merch, our recording live stream, and more. Our patrons quite literally make Thank the Maker possible. 